Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Right into this world, all alone. God take your soul, you're on your own. The crow flies Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a live edition of Weigh In Sports Talk. I am the host of this fine program, Brian Tarvin. No co-host tonight, but hopefully I will have a co-host, if that makes sense. I believe Roger Noriega, a.k.a. the scorekeeper, will be joining me shortly. And this is the last show of July Tomorrow is the last day of July, and what that means, everybody out there, is college and NFL football is getting ready to go. We have training camps going. Uh, the teams, college teams, are, are are starting. I think Auburn starts Friday, I believe. Practice is official. Now we can start breathing a little easier, knowing that maybe they'll stay out of jail. Some of these teams will uh, now that they'll be too worn out to get in trouble after a hard day of practice. But, man, I am so pumped. I am so pumped for this season, if you can't tell already. A lot of things to discuss tonight in a short time to do it. But I want to start off by first blasting direct TV out there. The SEC Network is starting, I think, August 14th. The game's actually the only way you can catch South Carolina, Texas A&M is on the mighty SEC Network, which we don't even know how good it's going to be. But, the only cable provider not to carry it so far is the service that I have, DirecTV. I don't know what these guys are doing. I mean, are they trying to negotiate it down from raising your bill a dollar forty to a dollar thirty-five? I don't know, but come on, DirecTV out there, you're losing so much business right now because of, of these negotiations you're doing. You're trying to play hardball. That's great and all, but it's kind of hard to play hardball when your competitor is already stealing all of your customers away from you. So we have Dish here in Atlanta, Comcast, Uverse, all of these providers are carrying it, Charter. I mean, it's just the list goes on and on. Time Warner, if you have cable, you probably have the SEC network. But DirecTV, don't, don't fool yourself. You're going to lose tons and tons and tons of business. People in the southeast want to watch college football. People in the west, they want to see SEC football. People up north want to see SEC. And I heard someone come to me and they said, you know, well, the DirecTV didn't carry the Pac-12 network. And I'm like, well, they, they don't care about it like we do in the south. They don't care about college football. They have a lot of other things going on, I guess. But if you go to Twitter, type in DirecTV SEC network, and tell me the thousands and thousands and thousands of people just trying to get a response from DirecTV. And on those responses, well, I'll tell you who is responding is Dish Networks responding to these people saying, hey, I'll give you a special, I'll give you a deal, come with us. A lot of people are jumping ship. I, 
common sense tells me that DirecTV is going to carry this. They're just playing hardball. So if you have DirecTV, look, just wait till the last week before the season. If they do not have it, just have somebody else come in and do it. Go watch a, a game at a bar for a, a Saturday if you have to. Uh, uh, go to Buffalo Wild Wings and watch a game. But it's it's common sense to say that this is going to happen, everybody. This will happen. And welcome to the show. Call in number tonight, 646-716-5564, if you'd like to weigh in with us. Just talk a little Major League Baseball just for a second before we get started in football. The Boston Red Sox benched John Lester last night from his start, and there's a lot of rumors out there going on that Lester is going to the Oakland A's. And right now in the standings, Oakland with a two-game lead in the West. Boston's already 12 games out of the East. It's just you, you won a World Series last year. That's great. This year is not going to happen. So guess what? You trade away somebody to get some prospects. I have no no problem with that if I'm Boston. If I'm a Boston fan, you, you tell him bye, you, you wish him well, and you look forward to the future. But right now, Oakland's in a tight, tight race with the Angels. And if you look at it, I mean, it's just so tight in the American League around that. So every win's going to count. You never know when those dog days of summers are here and your team loses eight out of ten, and all of a sudden you're even out of the wild card. So Oakland doing the smart thing right now, trying to get a dominant pitcher in Leicester from Boston. And when Roger gets on, we will ask him his thoughts on this trade. Boston, they, they threw in the towel, 12 games out. I mean, they're not coming back. They don't have the pitching, really, the bullpen. They're just not the Boston team of old. But, but congratulations, they won a championship last year. And that's, you know, going over the standings right now, just a second, Atlanta, one game out of the National League East. Big series coming up, I believe, next weekend. The Nationals are in Atlanta for a series, so that'll go back and forth. Looks like Milwaukee's up two on St. Louis. That's a tight, tight race in the central. Milwaukee, St. Louis, two games back. Pittsburgh's two back and Cincinnati six. Either one of those four teams could make a push. But in the West, it's the Dodgers and the Giants, and that's it. San Diego, Arizona, Colorado, bye. See you next year. Go ahead and start trading your people away if you can. The deadline is here. So Major League Baseball, I'm, I'm – I think common sense tells me that Lester's going to Oakland. They have to. I mean, you get Lester, and if you're Oakland right now, you're already in first place. What else can you do, I mean, besides go up? I don't think the Angels are going to be there if the if the A's can add this stud. I mean, that's all I'm going to tell you. So Major League Baseball's. I mean, it's been going on forever. I heard Colin Coward last night. If you listen to Colin Coward ever, you'll, you'll hear him talk on his shows about he loves baseball, but – he hates it. The season's so long and the games are so long. Well, he sings the seventh-inning stretch at Wrigley Field, and the game was actually a six-and-a-half, six hours and 40 minutes, something like that, a record in Wrigley Field. So karma, Colin, that's all I'll tell you. Karma is a biatch. But that was some funny stuff. But I'm, I like Major League Baseball, but it's just so many games going on right now. I mean, it's so long of a season. It starts in – in April, and here we are already in about in August, and here we go, here we go. Now it gets starts getting serious towards the end of August. You can really start seeing these pennant races starting to shape up. Who's going to make it to the playoffs? 
And it's wide open in the National League. It's wide open in the American League. It's going to be interesting to see Detroit in the Central with a five-game lead. I like them. I like their pitching. I like their offense. Can the bullpen hold up? That'll be a big question. And one surprise to me, the Yankees, 55-51, and 51, only four and a half games out of the East. And, you know, the name alone should be enough to catch Baltimore. But we'll see in the wild card standings, though, the Yankees are actually two games out. So you have the Angels in Toronto leading the way in the wild card. You have Seattle and the Yankees two out, then followed by Kansas City three and a half games out. So we'd like to bring a caller on. I believe Sonia wants on. Hey, Sonia, what's going on? Hey, what's up, Tarvin? What's up, Tarvin? What's up? You want to talk some baseball? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, my twins suck. Yeah, anyway, I mean, this is a baseball show. I don't know why why y'all call and, and want to talk anything different. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, bye. We'll talk to you later. I'll talk to you about four weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna run, I'm gonna run through the uh, home base percentage of every player on every team, and we're gonna we're gonna talk a lot oh, of God. stuff about baseball. <laughs> oh, and Sorry, you're gonna not be on this show. Not be on, on the air show, by man. yourself. <laughs> oh, no, man, I'd be I'd have like one listener. It'd be me. I'd be the yeah. only one that listened to the show. But, no, actually, hey, um, Tarvin. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. I was going to say, actually, uh, a friend of ours was up at, um, uh, where is it, Cooperstown? Yeah, Cooperstown. Cooperstown, and he saw uh, Marquise Grissom signing autographs on Autograph Row, so he was up there, Sean Roberts. Okay. So he just wanted, I told him I would definitely give him a shout-out and, and, and tell you that he saw Marquise and all the greats up there while he was up there. Yeah, I'd like to go to that. But are you going to go visit the College Football Hall of Fame that's opening up in August? Yeah. Yeah, duh. (laughs) Although I don't think I'll see any Gophers there. Yeah. Yeah, Well, you had a a lot of national championships back in the day. Well, Yeah. yeah. I mean, we do have some good players that come out of Minnesota every, you know, decade. Um. But, you know, we're proud. I mean, Tony Dungy was a quarterback for Minnesota back in the day. Um, uh, the coach for Chicago was a gopher. So, I mean. Eric Decker. Eric Decker, another gopher. And my fantasy football points maker. Yes. So, yeah, I think if, if they go through the total history, they'll have some gophers. Yeah, I'll bet have one eye there. I'll definitely be going to visit, taking some pictures, seeing what it's all about. I just don't want yeah. it to let my expectations get below my expectations. So I'm not going to expect much. But, hey, guys, who's your cable provider? Ha-ha, Xfinity Comcast, and we've got the SEC network. Yeah, DirecTV is still trying to play hardball. These morons are losing customers every day because they're trying to drop them two pennies or something. I don't know what they're doing, but. These guys better wake up very fast or they're going to lose about 20% of their business. Oh, heck yeah. And I tell you now, if you ever want to see the SEC Network, you know you're always welcome. you got to come over here and do a live show one Saturday this season anyway. But you're, uh, you're right. Between DirecTV and, the, and they're always going out when there's a, 
a thunderstorm or a rainstorm, this isn't helping. <laughs> yeah, no, I it's not. And, and I'm I'm, I'm going to actually cancel my service. Probably I'm going to wait until August 15th. I'll give them until then, and I'll get somebody else. The good news is Auburn plays on the SEC network, then I'll go to that game if I have to in 110 degrees and 4 o'clock in the afternoon. But, man, how much money is going to be lost? You, does, I don't think DirecTV understands that the, that the customers are demanding this. They're not asking for it. They're saying, you either give me this or I'm gone. And it's like DirecTV is not responding at all to them. But this is coming on to them and actually offering people a better deals. And they've done that to me. Ten different people have offered me deals with this on it. See, now, for me, Tarvin, I had DirecTV at one time. And, you know, there's some good things about it, and there's some really bad things about it. The day I canceled DirecTV was, um, it was All-Star Weekend for the NBA, and it was a thunderstorm for the entire weekend. So it kept cutting out on me, and I missed the entire game, and I said, screw this. And so every time that I walked Best Buy... I have those stupid DirecTV um, solicitors, salespeople hounding me, and the first they come up to me, and the first thing I say, have you fixed the weather problem? Nope. Then go away. <laughs> well, you can watch it on your phone, though. You can watch it on your phone in the app if you want to, but I don't know about you. I don't want, I don't want to watch DirecTV on my phone, really, and watch no. it on uh, college football game. I want to be able to watch TV and and not have to worry about a thunderstorm. Now, do you have Comcast in your area, Tarvin? Yeah, we do. I I hated Comcast as well, but if they have the SEC network, I don't care how bad I hated them. I'm still going back to them. Go back. Seriously, it's changed. I used to have it because you you live up in um, near my old area, right? Sandy Springs, Dunwoody. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I remember when there were issues back then, but they have definitely changed them a lot. I, if I were you, I would switch back. Just for the fact of the storms, that's what gets me. And they have the fastest Internet speed out there. So, and Comcast offered, Comcast offered to uh, pay any cancellation fees I have with DirecTV, so that's a, a positive right there as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, Sonia and I, I mean, since she's, she moved in, I mean, we love Comcast. I mean, we every every cable provider or whatever has some issues, but I got to give it to Comcast. They really stepped it up the past couple of years because they take care of business. Well, I'll tell you this, guys. Send me a private message with your account information, and I'll use you as if you can get any kind of reference or anything, any kind of referral fee. I'll get that for y'all. <laughs> right. So what's going on? What's up? What's on deck for tonight? Well, well, tonight I'm going to start. We've got a lot of good little topics. We're not actually going to break down any teams tonight or anything. But, I mean, I don't know about y'all, but did y'all read where Jameis Winston and another teammate was held at gunpoint by police in 2012 with a gun? And, and Jameis Winston said they were squirrel hunting with that long gun they had. No. Are you serious? Doesn't shock me. Yep. Let me read it. Police say Heisman Trophy winner Jameis Winston and Chris Casher, we all know him, the guy holding the the camera while he was allegedly with another woman, were held at gunpoint by campus police nearly two years ago, allegedly squirrel hunting. Uh, officer responded to a call and found the pair on campus. 
with long barrel pistols. He drew his gun, pointed at the players, and shouted several times for them to get on the ground. Well, after this happened that night, they went back to their apartments and actually had some BB gun, pellet gun battles and racked up $4,200 in damage uh, at their apartment. I mean, this guy's in the news all the time. But my question, guys, why is this just coming out now? You know, do you want to take this or do you want me to start? What's that? <laughs> what are you talking about, Jason? No, you... I'll do it. Okay. The thing is, Tarvin, all right, let's, let's just be honest. First of all, we all know that we're going to hear about these kids, and you can't – I mean, all of these kids are going to do something stupid, all right? We did when we were that age. You know, it's, it's always going to be some kid doing something stupid that can either bring harm to themselves or somebody else. The good thing is we learned from those experiences. The bad thing is, or the, I don't want to say the bad, but the other side of that coin is we were not quarterbacks of national championship winning teams. And we were not high profile college players looking to go to the next level. Last year, or no, I'm sorry, what was it? The year before last, or really last year it was Johnny Menzel, you know, a couple of years in. Every year there's always like this one player that gets polarized for everything they do. And it's almost like people go back and they'll find anything, just anything they can to try to build a case saying, hey, this person's bad or this kid's bad. If you really, if you look at a preponderance of evidence, of course they're going to, you know, it's going to make them look stupid. But to me it's like, all right, if they're running around acting stupid, yeah, the, the act was dumb. First of all, shoot Squirrel hunting, yeah, whatever. But what is he? What was he like? Seventeen, eighteen, then eighteen, nineteen. Yeah, it just shows the path of destructive behavior by this guy. Chris Casher was asked by ESPN today uh, to talk about it, and his words "kiss my ass" and he hung up the phone. That's not a very professional way to to talk to the media, is it? <laughs> no, I think they're getting frustrated. But this is this is where the maturity comes in. And this is where you see the difference in different athletes because you, you have some athletes who you don't hear a word about them, like the Barrett Jones and like the, you know, the, the Carl Lawsons and all of those guys. You don't hear anything negative about them because they have a stable foundation, they have common sense, and they know that there's a greater goal. The other ones who think for the moment, you hope that they will mature out of it, but seeing some of these pro players you know, it kind of gives them carte blanche to act that way, too. But I, I really, for the ones who try to say it's the sport, it's not the sport, it's the individual. Yeah, I just, I mean, this guy's character, though, when you start looking back at the at the time, hey, Sonia, take this real quick just for a second. Would you and Jason keep talking about this? Just one moment. Okay. Well, we were, for anybody listening, we're talking about the James Winston case about an old story coming up about him out shooting squirrels or having guns drawn on him. But the bottom line is what people need to understand is with these kids, they are kids, okay? You don't know what kind of background they came from. You don't know what they're dealing with. You don't know who they're hanging around. And the only thing that we can do is hope that they mature and get it together. Every single school has had just about every single school has had some incident in the past year or in the off season about a player getting into trouble. 
I mean, there was a, the UGA player who barked at the police dog. There's the Alabama players, you know, even our own team. You know, there's always something that's going to happen. But we've got to step back and quit being so quick to, to, to judge. We've got to stop prejudging and realizing what we're dealing with. We're dealing with kids who are not fully matured yet. And you're also you're also dealing with kids that are basically in high school treated like gods. Yeah. And so most of this stuff they pretty much got away with while they were in high school, and everyone just kind of turned the other way. And so when these kids get to college, they think they can get away with it still since they're the big man on campus and they get treated like gods because they're football players. I mean, I've seen it too many times. Yep. And, you know, unfortunately with Winston, he's not getting it real quick. Yeah, well, I think it's... it's you know, it, it, there's a, it comes a point of reality right. where you, you get slapped, um, and especially, you know, that pseudo-rape case, you think he would have learned his lesson there that he wasn't a god on campus, but apparently he didn't. So, you know, all right, we well, you, you, get, you get away with this stuff all the time, and just like he got away with all this stuff, it makes you feel invincible. Well, he, he really doesn't care. He feels like he can and get away with murder. all we can murder. do is, is pray for the kid, you know, and hope that he gets it right, hope he's around the right people, um, players that do get it, um, and he stays out of trouble. Um, <clears throat> my thing is, and Tarv, I, I want your opinion on this, Winston's dad is adamant that he's going to stay in college to get his degree. He isn't leaving early. I personally think he's gone after this year. Oh, I'm with you. There's no way. There's no way he stays another year because of all the media attention he's getting, and he's got a chance mm-hmm. to make millions. He could possibly play baseball and football. He could be a a, a dual sport player. There's no way if he can go in the if, first round, and I think he will. That that he'll come back. That's just ridiculous. If he has any type of season that he had last year, and I'm not saying they're going to repeat the national championship because I highly doubt it, but if he has any resemblance of what he did last year, this year, he's out front. He is the number one draft pick. He will be the first player picked. Well, the only one I can see quarterback that could probably compete with him is Mariota. But I think Mariota is going to stay in school. I don't think he's Mariota's not an NFL quarterback. I don't think, though. I think he'd benefit from staying four years. But I just, I look at that oh, I agree. kid, and, and I, I think agree. to me, I, I just think he's overhyped. Where Winston, to me, he looked like a mediocre quarterback in that national championship game for the most of it. That shows you how much really, how much more development he has to go. He's not ready for that next level yet. I mean, just because you play in the ACC and you run over some teams doesn't mean you're ready for the NFL. I mean, Auburn was a below-average defense, and they had him held at bay for a long time in that game. Tarvin, when is when is a, a player who leaves early from college ever ready to start right away other than Clowney? I mean, when? Cause, cause, or an upshot, or, or a defensive player. Yeah, or a defensive player. The thing is, and I said this, I was – I was doing cartwheels when the Vikings drafted Bridgewater, and everyone was like, oh, he doesn't have an arm, and he's, you know, he's whatever. The reason why the Vikings drafted Bridgewater is 
He was a four-year college quarterback. He stayed his full tenure. He got the experience. He's accurate. And most of the stuff that they were saying about Bridgewater wasn't true. Nor said he's probably got the strongest arm out of both Ponder and Castle. And more accurate. <laughs> so, you know, there's a benefit of staying in school, but, you know, they see those dollar signs, you know, and that's enticing. You know, well, everybody, we got we got Cuervo in the studio, Roger, Jason, anybody want to talk, press number one. But, but guys, you, you, you hit the points right on. But, you know, I can forgive players. You know, we were talking about uh, Winston. You know, I can forgive players more than I can the action of coaches. The way the coaches, guys, the way Bo Pelini, I don't know if y'all heard, Pasanya, you did. You posted this in Way In Sports Talk. Bo Pelini comes out and kind of says, Ole Miss is cheating, guys, because he lost a recruit to him. Now, come on. I mean, is Bo Pelini that naive to think that? I mean, I've never seen a coach really come out and say this. This is a daily, if you're a big school or you're a big recruiter and you're in recruiting a lot, this happens every day at Auburn. We lose somebody that said they're coming to Auburn, going to somewhere else. Somebody says they're going to Bama. They end up going to Florida State. And, Sonia, I'll start with you. Bo Pelini comes out and calls out dumb parents and, and stuff like that. I mean, what's going on with this guy? I'm going to go um, off on him tonight. <laughs> First of all, it's Bo Pelini. That's number one. It's Bo Pelini. Second, he's playing the media. Yeah, second, he's playing the media. Third, it's – how do I say this? without getting in trouble um, or getting the show in trouble. Both okay. He's one of those coaches where sometimes the part of his anatomy that he sits on, he uses as his brain. Okay? And <laughs> I think with Bo, it's sour grapes. It's the fact that he's very frustrated. It's the fact that, you know, you've got Oklahoma winning. You've got all this stuff going on, and Bo's losing a recruit, from what I understand, also from Nebraska fans, he wasn't that great as far as character-wise, but that's another story. But as far as what he did, is, is it's just Bo, and please just go sit down somewhere. Please just go win. Just go learn football. Well, well Sonia, here's his excuses he gave. It could have been they paid him. They gave him a car. They offered his parents a job. They told him he would start right away, and young ladies were used as campus aides to woo him. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> this happens every day, Sonia. I mean, how many times do we see a, uh, Auburn lose a player, <clears throat> LSU lose a player, gain a player? It's called recruiting. And when you, if you're very successful in recruiting, then you go through this a lot because you're going to get your fair share, but you're going to lose your fair share as well. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, this guy is just, I mean, this is a guy that was caught on tape. I mean, just dogging the administration of Nebraska, just cussing him up and down, had him a few drinks. And now he did say something about, you know, Pelini didn't get much of an explanation for his outburst, but he seemed to lay the blame at the feet of Stringfellow's parents. And when he did that, he said, especially when it's a clueless parent. He says, now, yeah, now the, how's that going to help him in recruiting in the future, guys? That's my question. It's not. And the biggest thing that Bo Pelini needs to realize is your mouth is the reason that you are thought of as Bo Pelini because <laughs> you just don't know when to shut it. 
And the fact that, yeah, we lose recruits every day. And to me, this is the way I look at it. If you are that bent out of shape, if you are, are if you're just tripping that much over one recruit, something's wrong. What's going on with your program? <laughs> That's why I say he's playing the media. A four star. Because one recruit I mean, should not make or break your program. Saban eats four stars for breakfast and spits them out. You know, it's a four star. Well, look at what he did with Clowney. Look at Clowney. When when Saban was recruiting Clowney, Clowney did the insult. Saban just cut off all contact. He's like, okay, that's fine. Forget it. We're done. You know, I'm not. I don't need you that much. I, you know, I want you, but I don't need you. And that's the difference in the way Bo acts. You, you know, the way he's reacting to a recruit flipping, dude. Did you really need him that bad? What's going on up there? But if you're a Nebraska fan, Jason, I mean, you're in the Big Ten. You know the Big Ten very well. What do you What do you think of this guy? Do you really want him as your head coach representing Nebraska? Um, I don't know. I mean, Tarvin, I like I like coaches that are a little edgy. <laughs> now he might be going a step above edgy. <laughs> but um, you know, I, I think it's more of I think I think I think he's frustrated because it's Nebraska. I mean, it's it's not like it's a fertile ground. It's kind of like what we deal with in Minnesota. It's a bunch of farm boys. You'll get the beefy offensive lines, or you know, the monsters for defense. But as far as pure athletes, you got to go outside the state, and it's frustrating for him because he's not able to recruit in Texas and Oklahoma, and you know, in the SEC country. Hell, I think I think my coach, Coach Kill, gets more. Yeah, he's been doing it longer. Yeah, Southeast Conference players, you know, three stars to come up to Minnesota. I mean, we we take all the uh, forgotten three-star players, you know, that Auburn and Alabama and Georgia and Florida don't take. And to us, you know, three stars, that's like a four or five-star to us. <laughs> so sure. I I think that's what he's mainly frustrated with. I, I honestly think he wants out, and he's going the wrong way about it to get out. <laughs> Well, guys, Senor Cuervo is joining us. And, again, we have Roger and Jason in the studio. Press number one if you want in. Cuervo, what's going on, man? I'm getting a little echo. Uh, yeah, Tarvin, do you need me to hang up and call back, or am I sounding okay? Um, well, right now you're sounding all right. I'm, I'm hearing an echo, and I don't know where it's coming from. Well, let me try a couple things. And let me try a couple things. Go ahead and talk now, Cuervo. Let's see if that helps. Okay, how do I sound now, Tarvin? You sound better. I think it's Jason and Sonia's phone. We all check that just in case, guys. Check your connection just to make sure. What's going on, Cuervo? What do you think about Polini here? Well, I mean, I heard the word recruiting, and, you know, just like a dog, my ears went up, and I was like, okay, I, I can relate to this topic. But, um, yeah, I, I think he's definitely going about the whole situation the wrong way. It's just like Jason mentioned. If, if this is his way of trying to get out of the job and he doesn't want to be there anymore, then he's all he's doing is, is hurting himself and nobody's going to want to hire him. If he tries to go 
coach somewhere else. I mean, all they got to do is look at what he did and how he bashed, uh, you know, the, the Nebraska, you know, the, the, the people there. And think about it. We don't want no – I mean, what, when one thing doesn't go his way, so he's going he's gonna to bash our program too? No, nah, no thanks. And so he, he's talking himself not only out of the job that he has now, but future jobs that he could potentially have. So he, he's pretty much – He's he's going down unemployment lane is basically what he's doing. Well, Cuervo, thanks for joining us. And we also have with us Roger, a.k.a. the scorekeeper from NDB Media. What's going on, Roger? Good evening, everyone. Hey, uh, thanks for taking my call, Brian. Uh, look, um, I'm not going to be an expert and comment on the coaching and the whole staff. But I do want to go back and add on to what has been mentioned about the players. Look, we, I'm, I'm repeating this. We all know we live in a 24-hour cycle. So the reality is we see everything from everyone. And what I mean by that is take a step back, guys. We're all workaday Joes. We've all held a job. We've had coworkers. And think about it. Close your eyes for a moment and think about it. Look around your workplace and think about the people that are on your level, that are above your level, and everyone else that's beneath you. Guys, that's the way it is everywhere else. Players, young kids, they may have college degrees. That does not mean they're smart. It just means that they follow through. That's it. That's all it means. And just because they have a degree, we expect them to be, well, what? I mean, do we expect them to be perfect? They're not. It's impossible. So when we see these kids messing up, it, it, it's just part of the course. This is good what they are. And it's magnified that we're in the 24-hour cycle now. We're expecting these kids to be mature. Well, think of your workplace again. Close your eyes and look around, guys. <laughs> look at the mature people you have around you. It's it's the same thing. It's commensurate. What I call the real world and athletics or even government service. It is what it is. There and you go, Roger. Totally agree. Yeah, I know. Yes, yes. Hey, well, you know what? You know I deal with engineers. You know, I deal with engineers Rob. every day. But look, that's the way it is, guys. And and it's 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 unfortunate. So, Roger, I was 22, had a degree, Roger, and I was just, I was stupid. When I was 22, out of college, I was a dummy. Well, but, but here's the thing. You have a degree, and I suppose you acknowledge that you're a dummy. But, Brian, you're I'm still dumb. I'm oh, still a dummy. Okay, man. we all are. Hey, look, we're, we're talking sports, go figure. But, you know, Sonny Clark and I have talked about this, and we expect too much from these people. They're not going to be what we expect them to be, ever. They're kids. I've I've done uh, quite a few things in college that I'm not too proud of that I won't mention on air, so I'm not one to throw stones. (laughs) Exactly. I think it's to the point now, it's like I was saying earlier, 
it gets so polarized because they're, you know, they're popular now. They've, they've made a name for themselves. So you've got all these people coming out of the woodwork with stories and, oh, I remember this, and he did this, and he did that. Well, so did you, and you were right there with them, you know? Sure. And, and, and it's, you know, it used to be the McDonald's generation. Now it's the Facebook generation. Everyone wants to be on their news feed, and they're going to be a part of it. They're going to be able to have their 15 minutes of fame, and that's the way it's going to be. Now, another thing with these players, and maybe I will comment about the coaching now, is when I played varsity baseball, we had stars on this team, and I certainly was not one of them. And I, I saw the way my coach handled these alleged star players, these superstars. Coaches kept them in line. They didn't get out of control. We on the team knew they were the superior players, but they didn't get out of line because the coach kept them in line. There you go. Guys, it is the coaching staff that's responsible. They Thank you. Because, number one, they're not confident themselves in their own ability. And that's sad. Why do we have so many football programs that are fairly successful? Because the coaches are good, the teams are good, management is good, administration is good. When all these kids are out of control, it's the adults that aren't in control. They themselves aren't smart enough to handle the situation. And it's the parents. The parents, mama and papa, are not doing their job. They're not keeping their kids in line. And it's the element that they hang around with. There you go. So it, is, it is a lot of things, guys. And they're never going to mature because, as was mentioned earlier, they are treated like gods. And that's it. that is the fault of the coaching staff right there. Yeah, they're a god, but you remind them who and what they are, and you keep them in line. And when you don't, then you've created the monster that exists. Roger, you have Georgia going through a lot of stuff. We talked about that. I think you were on the show Georgia had a lot of arrests going on. They've had like 32 in the last four years. These kids are acting stupid. Do you blame the coach, Mark Richt, for this? I do. Yes. Okay, I guys. Want to, I want to weigh in on this one after Rogers, man. Go ahead. Yeah, and I, I like to hear what everyone's going to say, and I'll make this quick. Yeah, you know what? I blame the coach. But wait a minute. Hold on a minute. The coach isn't the one committing the crime. So, yes, the coach is responsible to a certain level. The players are still responsible. You know, wait a minute, hold on. This, you know, 24, 25 players have been nailed for DUI? Yeah, of course. That, that's the coach's fault. But he didn't do the drinking. He didn't do the driving. You know, <laughs> I remember correctly, this still is America, and I'm responsible. Oh, wait, no, no, I'm not responsible. That's right. If I drive 100 miles out on the desert roadway, and I'm driving 100 miles per hour, and I smash into a car and kill the people in the other car, I can sue the government because there wasn't a speed limit sign that said I can only go 30 miles an hour. That's right. I do live in America. Okay. All right. All right. Forget everything I said. <laughs> there is no responsibility. Sonia? All right. Uh, as far as UGA, now, you although I have the utmost respect for, for Coach Mark Rick, I think he's a great, great person, very, very classy, very respectful, cares about his players. 
Um, he's done a lot to help the players. And this kind of goes into into the topic that we're talking about. One thing about Mark Rick and, and the lack of success at Georgia, Georgia will only get so far and they always fail. The problem, and I've said this over and over again, every top-tier caliber coach has a streak of ruthlessness in them. It isn't malicious ruthlessness. They just have that streak in them. Mark Rick does not have that. What he does have, and these other coaches also do have, is a compassion and caring for their players. Now, if you want to back it all the way up to when the problem really starts, it's not when they're on the field. It's not when they're, you know, it's it's uh, halfway into the season and the kid gets arrested because he went to a college party. It's none of that. It all goes back to recruiting. You cannot tell me that that recruiter sitting right there with that kid in front of him did not pick up on something. As much time as recruiters spend with these kids, you pick up on character. We do it every day. All right? When we meet people, yeah, okay, I have something about this person. I just I can't put my finger on it. Something's not right. So to me, a recruiter, coach, whoever is talking to a kid and they've got and their antennas going off, and they still pursue this kid, then guess what? You just aided and abetted because something's going to happen. You know, hopefully they can turn around and get into a situation and they're, they're, you know, there's older players around them that can help turn them around, and that's happened a lot. But what I really see is it goes back to recruiting. It goes back to your first contact with that recruit, your due diligence. These coaches and these recruiters are not doing their due diligence. And then they want to act all surprised, you know, when you hear about this kid or that kid or, or this person being arrested. No, dude, you've been recruiting this kid since he was, what, in, in a junior in high school? And you didn't know about this? So to me, we need to, some of these coaches need to go back and we need to look at some of these recruitings and some of these standards that they have. Those standards are not being maintained and they're not being upheld. Cuervo, what do you think, buddy? Well, I mean, I can relate to what Tanya's talking about because that's what I do every day. But one thing I, one thing we look at is the same thing. It's, it's, it's the character of a person. You know, if I, if, me personally, I get a bad vibe from a kid that I'm speaking to. I'll talk to him. I'll answer his questions. And, I, and after that, I won't tell him I'm cutting him off, but I'm cutting him off because it's all about – who is going to be a good fit for who I represent? Mark Rick is the same thing. Who's going to be a good fit for the University of Georgia? Who do I think can, as she said, maintain? And, and it's not even – stop making it the standard for the University of Georgia. Make it your standard, which makes the program better. Who cares about – well, it used to be this way, and it used to be that way. Well, it's not like that anymore. Right. Make Start making a name for your program again, because it obviously is not what it once was. Okay, when, when Herschel Walker was there and Vince Dooley was the coach, hey, that's great. That's history, and you respect it. But at the same time, it's not 1983 anymore. This is 2014. Make it. Make a new standard for your program and stick with it. 
You know, well, that's what's going on Tennessee. Tennessee is Tennessee? the best. I said that's what's going on at Tennessee. Tennessee is the best example. You've got Butch Jones coming in, and it's like forget the former, forget the dually. This is a new era. This is us. And he's got somebody on board. So it can happen, That's and that's my issue. It can't – you can't sit here and say, oh, UGA or Obama or Auburn or South Carolina or just the school. No, it goes back down. Again, drill down to the recruiters, the first meeting. What is it about this kid that's not making you – you know, get some other people involved. Okay, are you feeling the same thing? Let's do some research. Let's. Okay, is this a kid that uh, – yeah, we might have some minor problems with him. Is it worth it, you know, bringing him on? Is it worth it? Can we work through it? Can we help him? Or is he just a lost cause? And I think in some cases, a lot of coaches have thought, okay, I can help this kid, and then they turn around, and guess what? Hey, got to kick him off the team because 18 rule infractions later, you know, and, and two probations and eight court cases, here's this kid that's making your program look good and not making himself, you know, look any better. Well, guys, Tarvin, you know, look at look at my golfers. How often do you see them in the news with with bad eggs? Mm. You know, the last the last yeah. one that I heard was nope. uh, former quarterback Nelson, who fell out of favor with Kill and decided to transfer, and Kill was like, "See ya, bye," and then he ends up almost killing a dude. You know, so yeah. it, again, it's how you run your program. You know, and kill is kill is just like a lot of coaches. Coaches that get it. You don't make the grade, you don't make the team. <clears throat> you know, so um, I think you know, you know, proof is in the pudding. We got our first five star recruit out of Minnesota. Kept one of our own running back, awesome running back. But guess what? He didn't make the grade. He didn't pass his ACT. So guess what? He's not a gopher. He's got to go to JUCO. You know, so, it, again, you know, I'll emphasize what Roger said and, you know, what Cuervo said. It, everyone has said, you know, you have to be accountable. Um, you know, and you want, you want to run a clean program, run a clean program. You want to run a dirty program, run a dirty program. But I'm a firm believer in karma. Yes. And right yeah. now there's a lot of bad karma around Georgia. Well, I'll tell you, another place there's a lot of bad karma, and I'm going to move over to the scorekeeper here and see if, if your feelings have changed since the last show we had on Saturday. Um, Ray Rice suspension, only two games. So, you know, we, we your initial reaction, I heard that. Now a few days later, Roger, let's hear about what you think about a two-game suspension for Ray Rice beating his fiance? Uh, first of all, Brian, my opinion has not changed. Two games, whatever. Uh, you know, I don't take the NFL seriously. I know that the NFL did it due diligence. I've been in these situations. I've told you this. I've been on the side where I am defending the employee, the shop steward. Often, I believe that management will make the right decision. I know that I'm up against people that are morons, and they do make moronic decisions. And I didn't think Goodell, my namesake, Roger, was capable of doing this. 
I know they weighed. Okay, let's look at his record. What's his criminal background? What's his, you know, what's what's how is he with the team? How does he act? How does, and he probably really didn't have anything up until this. Now, I'm just assuming, I'm, and I'm figuring that, okay, you know, this is pretty bad, but she still married him, boss. So how bad can it be? So I, I believe that was their thinking. I mean, you know, how bad could it be? Hey, he locked her out. Okay, it's okay. They're still, you know, they're married now. Well, they thought it through, and while it was a logical argument while they were going through it, they didn't realize that they were in a bubble. And they messed up. They messed up big. Whatever they thought through, whatever it was, they still were wrong. Their heart may have been in the right place. Hey, guys, this has happened to all of us. We pulled boneheaded moves. We made decisions that were logical, and then all of a sudden we go outside and we're like, holy crap, what the hell was I thinking? This may have been one of those. But my God, we're still talking about a player beating another person. And when you look at what I said, okay, you beat, you beat your wife, you beat your girlfriend, your lover, whatever, two days. You have sex with someone, get them drunk, and they might press charges against you, that's four days. Let's say, smoke some marijuana, that gives you a year. There you guys go. You have your standard. Hey. Well, Sonia. I'm sorry, Roger. I didn't mean to cut you off. Not at all. Go ahead. I I, I finished it. All right, Sonia, coming from a female here, I mean, Ray Rice, just, you know, I, I find it hard to believe that, that they haven't seen this in the past in his character and some behavior. But, Sonia, are y'all on speakerphone? Because I'm getting an echo back. Hold on. Can y'all check that? Okay. Is that better? Spe- yeah, speakerphone and block talk radio don't mix. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold on. All right, what about now? All right, it sounds better. What do you think about the suspension for Ray Rice? I mean, he beat the hell out of this lady, and the NFL sends a you, – you suspend the Saints coach for a year for Bounty Gate, which was a joke. I mean, just putting some money in a pot to see who can hurt a player, but you give a guy two games for physically beating a woman. You being a woman, Sonia, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on that. Um, I think it's a joke. Um See, I have two opinions because you know I deal with a lot of a lot of women in our group, and um, as, as much as I love my, my female sisters, we do have some dumb ones out there. What gets me is if if a woman has been beaten nine times out of ten, it's not the first time. Okay, that's number one. Number two, the fact that he only got the two-game suspension and, and with all the other hoopla, I tried not to really pay too much attention to it because it just made me ill. It's it's an insult to women. It sets a tone. It sends a message to me that, okay, well, you know, it's more you'll get in more trouble if you try to hurt another player than if you hurt a female or hurt someone smaller than you, or a child, or, you know, someone, you're talking about a huge football player and a female here. I just, I think it was really stupid. I think it sends the wrong message, but 
considering some of the stories that have been coming out of the NFL, it really does not surprise me. Well, Jason, you're, what, what do you think uh, about this? And I know we just lost Cuervo. He, his call dropped. Jason, what, what do you think about Ray Rice physically hurting a woman? And, A, do you think it was his first time ever hitting this lady? Because, I, I mean, I, I think, you know, your first time wouldn't be in a public elevator to where people could get that on camera. Um, I don't know, Tarvin. I mean, I'm I'm never for someone striking a woman. Period. I mean, that's never warranted. But I'm not a violent person, anyways. But for me, I don't know all the facts. I don't know what happened. Did he shove her and she hit her head? You know, did he punch her? I I don't know. Is it the first time? Probably not. What I think is funny, though, is how she came back and retracted everything to make it a lesser, you know, offense. offense Because think of how much money they're going to (laughs) lose. I mean, seriously, how much money they're going to lose if he gets suspended for four games instead of two. That's a lot of clothes and purses and cars and you know she had motivation in it you know and I hate to say it but some of these sports wives they put up with it because of you know that sugar daddy you know you know damn well most athletes (laughs) and I'm not saying all athletes have a girlfriend in every city who they hook up with and these wives know that for a fact but they stay with these athletes because Money. of that unlimited card that they can buy anything they want, and all they got to do is spread their legs. <laughs> That's my thing. Well, guys, we have a Skype caller joining the show. I think I know who this is. Roger, you probably know who it is as well. Welcome to We In Sports Talk. Who is this? Well, it's probably a surprise, but it's Naj, man. Uh, I think I talked to you guys about a year ago or so. Okay. Well, you did surprise me. What's going on? What are your opinions on this topic, sir? Oh, yeah, man. This this Ray Rice thing is interesting because you're talking about domestic violence, and whenever you do, it gets emotional, and it's tough to get to, you know, the issue at hand. But with the NFL, people have to remember, man, this is a multi-billion-dollar league. They don't just do things because, okay, this seems like the right thing to do or this, you know, out of emotion. It's done by data and metrics. So I I think they looked at the story and decided we can take the hit for the two-game suspension, people considering it small, and that will cost us less in the long run than giving them a big suspension and it becoming a bigger story because people constantly write articles on it or, you know, reference it or use it as a topic for their sports shows. So I think the NFL just weighed it out and decided that uh, women aren't as important to them as the bottom line. So when we see the pink cleats and all of that for breast cancer and all of that stuff, just remember it's PR. You know what I mean? <laughs> There's nothing yeah, real to about, it. It's not about character or anything. Well, how do you explain the you know smoking a joint, getting suspended uh, half a season, a year, the bounty gate? I mean, suspension a year. Why? Why treat women like this? I mean, you're 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 killing each other inside what you're doing. 
But it's like the women, they're just like, well, okay, you, you beat a woman two games. Ben Roethlisberger had sex with a woman, uh, got drunk, had sex, and got six games, reduced down to four. I mean, this guy beat the hell out of his fiance and gets two games. Yeah, well, well, that's my point, though. If the story is shorter and the fallout is shorter, they get less damage. So then they're not looking at it as a from the perspective of, okay, this is a women's issue or this is a men's issue or whatever. They're just looking at it from how does it hurt their bottom line. So the Saints story, as far as uh, Bounty Gate, that's close to gambling. They don't want any type of sniff or, or whiff of gambling around their sport, and that goes for every commissioner and every uh, ownership group. So they were going to come down hard on the Saints just because they can't even have the illusion of that. Yeah, especially with the concussions going on in the lawsuits. If they condone yeah. that, they would be op- opening up that pocketbook, wouldn't they? <laughs> right, right, right. So, th- yeah, they wanted to push that bounty gate thing as far as ways they could. But, but back to that, uh, the whole thing with Ray Rice, I-, I just think they just weighed the options and decided this would hurt a lot less. And, you know, it's a sad thing because women are the biggest uh, demographic growing for the NFL as far as being new football fans and really excited football fans. So to see them kind of catch this L like this from the NFL – it's really disappointing to see them just give two games for this. Well, I have a question about the future. I mean, would you have been shocked if if the NFL Goodell, especially, he's a hard ass now, don't forget. He comes down and suspends Ray Rice a year, and maybe in the future they make something where if you, if, you know, you physically assault a woman like this and we go all through all the facts, we go through every detail, and we find out that you're guilty, you're banned for life from the NFL. I mean, how shocked would you be if that came out? Uh, I would – sorry, there's a truck going by. I'm outside. Uh, I would be really shocked. And a matter of fact, I'll, I'll, I'll just tell you right now, that will never happen. Because once you start doing that and legislating that closely, then you start having to look at the ownership group and some of the other people in NFL personnel. If you remember the DUI, some people in the uh, – I think it was the Broncos organization caught a few years back. And then you start talking about Jim Ursay this summer. So they don't want to go too hard because then you start talking about getting everybody involved. And, you know, they don't want that. They'll punish the players, yeah, but not themselves. I'm still wondering how Ursay got off with got off with this. I mean, he had tons of narcotics and, what, like fifty, sixty thousand $60,000 in cash. I mean, how does he get off? Because a guy like me, I'd be in the bottom of a jail cell somewhere. Yeah, he's riding around like the neighborhood dope man, man. The dude had big stacks of cash, uh, medic- all kinds of pharmaceuticals. Yeah, that was amazing that he got away with it. But the ownership group, like I said, they don't want to force somebody's hand and then end up having to enforce, you know, enforce things like that on the other owners. It's kind of why Daniel Snyder hasn't had to move on that name thing because the other owners don't want anybody telling them how to run their business either. So they're going to side with Snyder as long as they can. Great points, and uh, thanks for the call. Make sure you call back wherever Wednesday and Sunday night. Great insight, great information. Again, thanks for the call. Going to bring Cuervo back on. Cuervo, you haven't had a chance to speak. You had to cut off Ray Rice. You you had a chance to think about the two games. What do you think now? Oh, well, I mean, why would he appeal? If he's going to get off scot-free with two-game suspension, I mean, why would he? 
I, I, I'd be I'd be fine with it too. I'd be like, oh, two games, well, okay, you know, punch my wife in the face for two games suspension. I'm cool with that. You know, I still think it's hey, a stop. joke. You know what's even you know what's an even bigger joke? You guys know that Stephen A. Smith got got um, quote unquote a leave of absence for a week from ESPN for the common teammates. Did you guys hear about that? No, I didn't. What, what did he say? All, all he said was if someone hit someone in his family, you know, a female in his okay, family, no. that, that he'd kick okay. their ass or something. Yeah, Brian, no. Oh, okay, hold on a minute, guys. No, he was suspended. There's no doubt about it. He's not on his program. He has been suspended. And do you know why he was suspended? It was very simple. Because he told the truth, but it was the truth that – you were still laying blame. And he said very simply, and I'm paraphrasing, oh, but uh, women should also know better than to get these guys to, you know, to put them in this state. You should know better. Do not provoke it. And that was the word. And you know what? The minute he said provoke, we all went deaf. Because it didn't matter that he was, if he was talking about the Magna Carta or he was talking about someone being shot. He said, you know better, don't provoke. And you know what? That goes to both sides. We know that. But Stephen A. Smith, you effed up, and you effed up beautifully, you ignorant ass, because you (laughs) thought that you could tell everyone how it's done. Stephen A. Smith, our analphabetic, individual in the world, or analphabetic, excuse me, but I prefer analphabetic, um, wanted to tell us straight that, yes, you know, everyone's culpable here, but you girls, you know better, you shouldn't provoke the man in your life. Because he said, hey, look, if this is what happened in my life, you guys know I would have ended it. I would have ended this guy, because that's the way we do. I'm like, yeah, okay, thank you, Stephen A. Smith. But the minute you use the word provoke and you put it on the female... Dude, you are just as stupid and ignorant as the wife beaters themselves. How I can't dare stand you? him, Roger. Oh, really? Oh, I, I, I can't stand him either. But you know what? Fine. You said it, and guess what? You just told everyone, okay, yeah, he's wrong, but you know what? You guys should know better, and you shouldn't provoke. Everything you said... Uh, Stephen A. Smith, yet got it wrong, and that was it. And I was willing, remember, guys, on Saturday, I was willing to cut him some slack, say, all right, well, you know what, he said this, this, this. And then I thought about it. I said, no, he was being the typical male chauvinist bastard that many men are. And he was suspended. Yeah. Roger, that caught him. me off guard, too. When, when he said it that way, you know, at first he, he started the interview like he was a tough guy and he'd kick anybody's butt that did anything. But then uh-huh. when he when he laid blame on the women, Cuervo, I don't I don't know if you picked up on that too. What do you think about him blaming the women for really provoking their man? I mean, I mean I understand that, but stupid comment. Yeah, it's, I mean it's basically like like the scorekeeper said. He Stephen A. Smith came out and actually said what we all think, but we don't actually come out and say it. You know, so the women don't piss your man off. That's basically what, 
he came out and he actually said it. And we all talk about <laughs> ESPN and their political correctness and all that. Well, this goes, this right here proves that that's what they're all about, politically correct. Even they, even if they don't, behind, the, behind closed doors, if they may not agree with whatever ESPN, ESPN tells them to agree with, then, I mean, you know, sometimes it happens. When it comes to certain subjects like this, you know, you just kind of say what other people are thinking, and, I mean, it costs them a suspension. And So how, how long you know, is he going to be suspended, guys? I think it's a whole week. It's one whole week that he is suspended. So I think he comes back to uh, being on shows like next Tuesday or something. But I got a question, though, and, and, and I'm sure people have thought this, too, but since this is Blog Talk Radio and this is not ESPN or Fox, I'm going to go ahead and just say it. What if it was the other way around? What if you have a man provoking a woman, she turns around, you know, gives the dude a black, somehow gives the guy a black eye, or is, is, it, is this a big deal? Is this a no. topic that people are talking about? Is this a something that People are saying, well, you shouldn't provoke, you know, your your wife or your girlfriend, and maybe she won't deck you in the face. No, we're not talking about that, right? So it, is it not a double standard is basically what I'm getting to. I don't think well, so. I, I, go ahead, Roger. You guys are a bit on the young side, but uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but there was an Angels pitcher. His name was Chuck Finley. He's a lefty. He didn't... Uh, the same woman for like forever. I think they were basically married, but they weren't legally married. And she beat him. I remember her. Ah, uh, yeah, Chuck Finley. And I remember being at the game after it happened and he was pitching. And when they announced him, I heard Ev, and this is at Anaheim Stadium, no less. Mm-hmm. I heard the cat calls. I heard the chuckling. And I heard the derisiveness. It's so serious. She beat him up. But he's a nice guy. He didn't, he didn't lift a hand to her. She was out of control. I mean, look, we, we know what happened. But the fans, they chuckled and ridiculed him. And I heard, you know, dude, you're not a man. I mean, obviously the man in the relationship is the girlfriend. And all these other derisive things. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. Well, it is a double well Roger, Roger, I, I wouldn't hit a woman, but I sure in the hell am not gonna let one hit me. I, I can promise you that. It's not more than once, anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I, I would agree. I know people that the that the uh, female is the aggressor in the relationship, and I think it's sad because she threatens him by saying, "Go ahead." Call the cops. I'll just tell them you hit me. Cops arrive. It doesn't matter who's black and blue. It really doesn't. Sonia said she was on coke and got, you know, you know if it had been reversed, I mean, if he had hit her back, he would have been vilified. Exactly. But he didn't. And now he looks like a wuss. Now, Brian, I wanted to add one more thing. I believe it was Jason that mentioned earlier about you know, the girlfriends and the wives that stay with these players 
and they're in it because of material stuff. And now you remember, we talked about this. We're human beings. Why do we get married? Um, for material reasons. So for us to judge, you know, I'm encapsulating a one-hour one conversation. We are all materialistic, and we, ba- we, we live our lives based on that. So fine, let's get that out of the way. But why do women stay with their men? They don't only stay with them when they're successful. Stay, they stay with them when they're at the bottom, too. I've seen it. And that's a whole different other issue, guys. So if you're saying, why is this girl going to stay with this guy only because of the money? I would beg to differ. They stay with them every social economic group that you can imagine. That's a whole other different cultural issue that maybe we can discuss another day. But it's well, not why don't only... you ask my wife why she stays with me, Roger? Uh, I'm sorry, Brian? I said you need to ask my wife why she stays with me then. Oh, because you show up to work every day, dude, and she loves you. I don't understand <laughs> how she tolerates you with Wellington and peanut butter, though, dude. I really don't. But you know what? It's because you come home every night, so I guess that's okay. <laughs> I'm a rock star, a porn star. A, I mean, I'm just going to have it all, man. You know, millionaire, got it all. Yeah. Um, do we still have Sonia and Jason with us? Yeah, they just got back. I'm going to bring them on real quick. Well, I mean, Before. I, I want to ask them, why are they, how many years have they been married? I mean, Cuervo, how many years has he been married? Brian, you? I, I am closing in on 22 years next June. And <laughs> I am far from in the upper 1% of the social economic scale, and yet my wife stays with me. And it's, you know, they don't, women and men, you know, this is both sides, guys. They stay with people because sometimes they're afraid. They have nothing else. It's the reality. They have no family to go to. But then sometimes there is a problem. They actually do love the person, no matter how they get treated. That's a whole other issue, guys. But it's not only successful people that can beat their girlfriends or wives and they'll stay with them just for the money. No. I see poor people that they stay. Well, I can say this. Yeah. Go ahead, Tarvin. No, I was asking y'all, go ahead. How how long have y'all been married? We have been married since 2011. It's the second marriage for both of us. And um, one of the reasons that when Jason made the comment as far as as far as athletes and their wives, back in the uh, the 80s, you know, I'm, I'm really close friends with a with, uh, few, few athletes, few well-known athletes. And the one thing that I know for a fact is the majority, okay, the majority of the wives, whether you were with him in high school, college, and you, you know, were with him when he went pro or whether you met him after he went pro, whatever, the majority of the wives that are married to athletes know what's going on. They turned a blind eye because 
family, kids, same way if it's not an athlete. You know, we, we're not going to divorce because of the kids. We're not going to do this because of the kids or because of appearances or it's... it's uh, My family doesn't believe in it. Yeah, or it's financial issues. It'd just be too much, you know, to divorce. So there's a lot of different reasons, and Roger's right. It works out whether you're a celebrity or not. But the bottom line, all the stuff that we're talking about, it still boils down to self-responsibility, self-choices. There are women who don't have enough self-respect, self-esteem, care enough about themselves to get out of a relationship that's abusive. Same with men. There are some men that are in abusive relationships. So it's not women. You know, it's both sides of the coin. So what people also need to realize, it's, it's so easy to categorize in group and stereotype and just say, okay, well, all of these or all of that. Just like there are celebrity wives or athletes' wives who know the deal, there are some athletes out there who are faithful because they believe in their vows. You know, that's their choice. So we have to look at individual people. I just don't like you know, grouping and saying everybody this or everybody that or all this or all that. It is maturity. It is what you're trying to build, and it's the person that you're with. Because either way, marriage is a partnership. You're going to have to work together. But if you've got one spouse that's already checked out and the other one's just holding on, you know, hoping things get better when the other spouse is checked out, okay, guess what? That's not going to be a happy relationship, and that's not going to be a happy, uh, a happy household. Trust me. <laughs> but if you have two people who are committed, whether you are dirt poor or, you know, using $100 bills to blow your nose, all depends on the person and the people. Cuervo, how long have you been married? I know Miss Cuervo has probably kicked you out a couple of times. <laughs> That's on average, Tarvin. A couple of times is a good weekend, but anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, uh, actually, my wife and I, we, I don't want to say we're in, we have a unique marriage, but first of all, we got, we got married at a, at a pretty young age, and we got married pretty, quiet, uh, pretty quick, pretty fast. Um, we got married at the age of 22, and we've been married for nine and a half years. So we've been we've known each other for a while now, but um, you know it, it's one of those things where we just kind of knew. Like I said, we got married fat. We only knew each other for five months. We got married, so it, it was fast. But, uh, and a lot of people thought that it wasn't going to work. And we did everything in our power to prove those people wrong. And we're still, you know, we're still here. And um, you know, like I said, nine and a half years later. Yeah, you know, she's still Mrs. Cuervo, so that's how that's my story. Hey Brian. Um if, yes, if, if I may, I wanna ask I wanna ask this of everyone. Because this is also something that we've discussed in the past. Now, Sonia used the word I believe in it, I honor it, respect and admire it. And it's a partnership. When two people get married, as I tell people, you are no longer two people. You are now one. What is his is yours, and what is yours is his, and vice versa and all that stuff. You now have to have that mindset that you are now going to be making decisions together, living together, forming a family together. Now, I, I, I live in that fantasy world, thank the Almighty, I do. 
but other people don't. And when I hear that people of means, celebrities, athletes and such, are going to marry, and the first thing, and I'm generalizing, the first thing that's mentioned is one of those, and I'm forgetting the word now, it's where you sign the agreement before. Oh, um, what is it? Prenup. Um, Prenup. A, a, a prenuptial agreement. I'm like, wait a minute. If you're signing a prenuptial agreement, why are you getting married? The word itself, married. Look it up, you morons. Why are you going to get a prenup if you're going to get married? And we've discussed, and Sonny Clark said this, I'm throwing him under the bus. He says, well, he has to protect his, or she has to protect hers. Oh, my God. That's selfish. If that's thinking, why are you marrying? And I'm wondering where everyone else is on the page. Well, I came in with nothing, so... So I, I wouldn't sign a prenup. I wouldn't sign a prenup at all, guys. And that's just my my opinion because, like Roger said, you you're one then, and and to me, marriage is a selfless act. It's an unselfish act. To sign a prenup, to me, is a very selfish act. And we'll move to Cuervo and Sonia and Jason. We're going to get out of here tonight, guys. Senior Cuervo, you're up. Who? What? Cuervo. Yes, what was the question? I'm sorry, Carvin. Uh, about a prenup. <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on that real quick before we go? Oh, I mean, it, I, it was something that I never even thought of when I got married. So, um, but, I mean, you know, the scorekeeper makes a good point. There's, you know, what's the point if you feel like you need to protect, cover yourself, um, you know, if, if that's if you feel like you have to, you know, have a having a plan B per se, then probably shouldn't uh, say I do. So I, I'm I'm with the scorekeeper, and that's why I never thought of freeing up because I mean, <laughs> I'm, my wife wouldn't get anything anyways. I don't have much to give, so. All right, Tanya. Tanya, if you were a, a billionaire, you were in your second marriage, you met Jason, and you know he was just a middle class person. Would you sign a prenup? Uh, no, I do not believe in prenuptials because, and I am going to say something that I post on my Facebook wall for my single ladies all the time. The funny thing, this is so hilarious to me. The first three months you're together, he is the best thing since sliced bread. You love him. It's, rolls, it's lollipops, rainbows, butterflies, and all that great stuff. Three months later, he's a low-down dog, worst mistake you ever made, blah, 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 blah. Okay, if you did what we did, which is to get to know the person past 30 days, past 60 days, past 90 days, so you can get to the real person, then you would get to know that character. You should not need to protect yourself on that you really trust and love. Because you would, to me, even if, if Jason and I were to decide to, okay, this isn't working for us, the marriage part, but we're still going to be friends, I wouldn't expect him to be that vindictive. So that, to me, 
it shows a little forethought where you really don't really trust this person in the back of your mind. There's there's a there's something in the back of your head that's got some vindictiveness, and you are vindictive yourself because you're thinking the same thing. So I don't believe in prenups unless you do have very, very large property. And in that case, it's just like, okay, guess what? If we divorce, what you brought, you keep. What I brought, I keep. What we gain together, split it down the middle. Keep it simple. That's a good point. And, guys, I have some company in the house, and I have a terrorist dog that's starting to come alive, and I'm going to have to cut the show short tonight. I do apologize, but... Uh, Roger Cuervo, Sonia Jason, thanks for joining me, guys. We'll be live Sunday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, first weekend of August. We're going to get the college football rolling and the NFL. Until then, we'll see you Sunday night, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Go Golfers. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Jumba life is for everybody. So go to Jumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Jumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.